pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And my voice is ruined. Why is that, Steve? Because we had the best time at Nottingham <laughs> Game City again. And by best time, I mean, I assume we did, but we drank a lot, we shouted a lot, and now shouting. my voice doesn't work. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and we've left someone behind. We have. We, the last we saw of Anne... Uh, was was in Nottingham. Right. Which I guess, if we if we thought about this, was how we'd... We should have known it would end like that. Exactly, really, exactly. Gonna... Off she went somewhere. She turned up in Japan, I saw from I Facebook. I saw her on Facebook as well. Yeah. Well done, Anne. Well done. That must have been quite a night for that to happen. Voice aside, how are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm, I feel all right. I got a visa today. I see, yeah, where for? Uh, for India. When the, are you going there? Uh, I'm going there tomorrow. I'm going to, uh, going to Pune and then to Mumbai, uh, which means... There'll be no show next week. No show. Um, we were thinking about doing a Simon Life left, Simon aren't we, with, uh, <laughs> with all men. <laughs> uh, but we can do that this evening, can't we? Because in the absence of Anne, uh, she's been replaced by two very special guests. Uh, actually, in Anne's absence is our uh, the, the, the games industry's deep throat, uh, Game Under. Hello, Game Under. Good evening. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be in an all-male studio. <laughs> exactly. For, feels, for once. This feels for like once. a safe space to me. <laughs> Uh, and also in the studio uh, is Design Wizard from Fiddle, Fiddlesticks. It's Henry Hoffman. Hello, Henry. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very good. Thanks very much. Great to have you on the show. Um, whenever I see you out and about at uh, industry events and stuff, you, you, I, I do admire, admire your sense of style. I think you're the games industry stylish, most stylish <laughs> man. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I do try. Good. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's, it's a funny story. Okay, on. so two years ago, I was at a develop conference. Right. And I was wearing sort of my typical gamer t-shirt um, and sort of ripped jeans and everything else. Okay. And a, a drunk woman from Sony, I'm not sure who it was exactly, but she came up to me and she was like, oh, so you're wearing that QWERTY t-shirt like the other three people in this room. And I just, I just looked shocked. And I was like... Well, I need I need to do something about right. this, really, and do something you did. I had a I had an epiphany. Right. Wow. <laughs> when I was um, we were working together, Henry and I, over at uh, Gamescom, and uh, yeah, just every you know every day I'd drag myself out of bed, see you there like a, sh- a shining vision. I definitely didn't feel like a shining well, vision. You looked it. <laughs> uh, we're going to be chatting to you about all sorts, aren't we, uh, Hugh? The video yep. game and some other VR stuff. Yep, a little bit about Board the Looking Glass, I hope. Good. Uh, and Game Under, what are we doing with you? You're. Uh... I'm just going to be over here in the corner, you know, contributing occasionally. Should we get on with that? Uh... Let's do it. Thank you. 
Good evening, I'm Game Under. Here's the news. Nintendo have revealed their first smartphone game which will launch next March. The microtransaction fueled Miitomo, which is clearly not a real game, will be focused on Mii avatars chatting to each other using friendly communication starters. No word yet on whether friendly communication will be available elsewhere on the internet, but it's likely to be platform exclusive. Um, so, what's this? This sounds like a... We, we all got very angry the other week when Destiny announced they were charging for remotes. This sounds like Nintendo made a whole game based around it. Yeah, is it, is it a game or is it uh, just a place to hang out? I mean, it was on Eurogamer, so it must be a game. So we don't... <laughs> OK, <right. laughs> Yeah, but so was everybody's gone to the rapture. We, yeah, true, exactly. true. Um, yeah, I sort of missed this news, but people were... Uh, we're expecting because Nintendo alluded they were going to move to mobile and obviously expecting Mario Kart or what have you to be on Android and then uh, this isn't what so they were a bit surprised mm. sorry don't have expectations that's, uh, that's the way forward I think <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hope for anything no. and you'll never get hurt no well, um, coming out next March you say yeah March 2016 okay do you think that's, that date's significant in any way why would they announce it now that it's coming out in March March 2016 well, it it's was like during GDC good time to bury bad mm. news isn't it yeah, well yeah we could get but can you register now I want to see whether we can get our handles we can, actually if it's going to be during GDC let's register like Rami and, stuff like <laughs> that, and then, we can, then we can be them can't we <laughs> Uh, are we excited about this, Henry? Uh, sorry, I'm not massively excited, okay. but didn't they say this was first of many yep. to come? I, first of four, apparently. So I think uh, first of four. And then we're stopping. It's <laughs> 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 all you need. So first, but four, first of four games. Well, they, they've said they've got another three coming. <laughs> are the other three going to be more like games, do you think? I hope so. Yeah. So I think this might just be them testing the waters, seeing, like, going through the development sort of process, maybe. Okay. And then once they know how to release an app, however it is, maybe do something do a bit more significant. I think yeah. they've made this one in Game Maker or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with that, Game Maker. <laughs> if they're only going to do four games, yeah. they must have... I've got three. Well, they quite. They can have Bangman. <laughs> They must uh, think that those four games between them cover everything, everything. that's important, yeah. right? So if one of them's about communication, that's, yeah. there's probably a hierarchy of needs thing, isn't there? Right. There must be one that's about um, food. You need, we all need food. Pac-Man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, one that's about, uh, what else do we need? Food and communication. Sex. Well, we're doing a radio right. show right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's see how it goes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's Pope. Gameplay footage from Fallout 4 has been leaked all over the internet one week before the game's official launch. The 15 minutes of footage, described by Eurogamer as big, was posted to a website called Pacebin. The thrilling Xbox One gameplay includes the protagonist walking around, talking sarcastically, and pressing A to activate some milk. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. Why? Did you watch it? I watched, yeah, well, I was watching it on the train, so I kind of watched it about a frame at a time okay. over about two hours. So I saw a lot of people, well, again, disappointed with what they with what they saw. The graphics. Graphics. It's, the graphics. it's got no yeah. graphics. It's got Skyrim. Barely any graphics. It's got Skyrim graphics, apparently. It's using the Skyrim engine. And, you know, Skyrim probably has the worst graphics I've ever seen yeah, exactly. in a game. I hated it. Hated yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, I have to say, I, <laughs> I've tried to get on with Fallout, but I've sort of, I really do struggle. I played... Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas and yeah I prefer to prefer Skyrim I wish they were doing this but um, why do you think that is? I like mountains <laughs> dragons they are good yeah and Lydia yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so is but, so I can be the negative one Who else, who's excited about Fallout? I'm, I'm excited I, I know fictionally I am still a teenager but um, I think um, but when I was a teenager I, I played the first two, the Fallout, Fallout 1 and 2 on the PC, and love those. So I'm hoping that this kind of brings some of that magic back. Okay. Now I'm really, really in my 30s, even though I'm fictionally a teenager. Did you like what you saw then in the first 15 minutes? Um, I tried. I was kind of watching it through my fingers, so I didn't get any spoilers. You should just, yeah, just but, move your fingers. Yeah, but it just, you know, it, it, it looked like a game <laughs> walking around, you know. Right. Mm. Do you in? I think, well, I decided I was going to be in to one big game this this holiday okay. season. Right. right. I decided because it's about time. Yeah. And on the list was Fallout. Yep. Or Assassin's Creed. Okay. I played Assassin's Creed. Mm hmm. Well, we'll wait until the review section. Ooh. Okay. 
Warner Brothers are now offering Steam refunds after the disappointing second launch of Batman Arkham Knight on the PC. We're sorry that many of our customers continue to be unhappy with the PC version, Warner Brothers wrote. Good news for PC gamers, but not for Xbox gamers who just want a refund because they found the Man Bat missions a bit too spooky and had nasty nightmares after playing. Was that, was that a spoiler? It, it might have been. Okay. So, do you mean we need to. Are we, are we fine with that? I'm, I'm all right with it, I think. I'm going to unfollow you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is. Um, this has thrown up all sorts of uh, questions, hasn't it? Because you're going to be able to get a refund if you bought it via Steam. Uh, and I think other third party, in inverted commas, um, retailers, some are honouring it. I saw Green Man Gaming mm. are doing. I think Get Games are as well. But if you bought it sort of ch- cheaply via cdkeys.com and then you like them on Facebook for an extra 5% discount, uh, you're not going to get a refund. So, so is, are there any conditions <coughs> to the refund? Or can no, anybody... Warner have apparently said, doesn't matter how long you've played it for, wow. you can get your money back. So, so who's not going to do that? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, think, I think the thing is that I, I believe, I don't know for sure, um, it, it well, it will remove it from your library, so you, you'll have to be certain you don't ever want to play it again. So you have to finish it between now and Christmas. <laughs> Hurry up! Do you get to keep the achievements? That would be my biggest thing. I think so if I've got achievements in my list, I'd want to make sure they stayed there. Wow! So if um, Batman Arkham Light was just like five achievements mm. for forty pounds, would you be? I've paid more than that. In would the you? Past, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we we. I believe One Life Life policy is to like Rocksteady and yep. um, and Warner and to like their games as yep. well. Like, uh, but th- this isn't really them, is it? Is it? Not? I don't think the PC version was handled by somebody else. I mean, uh, there's without question, it's it's a it's a sorry state of affairs, mm. um, and it's a real shame that they appear to have sort of just held their hands up and go, oh, we tried, <laughs> we tried fixing it, and yeah. now and we can't. Yeah, I guess I they must know. have done some sums to say, okay, it's going to cost us more to fix this than it is to for the refund. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, good on them, mm-hmm. I guess, for yeah. being open and uh, honest about it now, and you know, for for trying it out. But um, I, it's going to be tricky in future for mm. um, PC ports the, of those sorts of games. The uh, issue, uh, you know, when when Steam suddenly started offering. The refunds uh, a few months ago. Do we have any data? I mean, One Life Left. Does One Life Left Do, have yeah. any data on? I, how I, I think everybody things? would re, uh, would want their money back if we charged for it. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> certainly true. Uh, well, the um, we published a game. Curve Digital published a game recently uh, called Murder uh, by Peter Moorhead. It's, um, and it's uh, it's very short, mm-hmm. very short indeed. But we've been really upfront about it. But our biggest concern was uh, that people that you just play it and refund it. And actually, we found that um, a, a very very small percentage of people have refunded it. Um, so I think if you're open and honest, mm. and people know, and we we put it out at a very low price as well, um, and said exactly what it was, then um, I think people are tending to play nicely. When you refund a game, uh, not that I've done it, but I can see. Uh, how people have uh, other people have done it and you can you can give a reason and you can add notes as well if you uh, yeah so um, so you know it can be useful as a feedback I think in news so inevitable it can barely be classed as news Halo 5 has topped the UK all format charts it outsold nearest rival Assassin's Creed Syndicate by 50% but Halo did launch three days earlier so it had longer to accumulate sales it's this kind of pedantic detail that makes people thrilled to bits about games you really are. This is good and news. This is the sales story that we find very difficult to talk about. Wow. And now? Yeah, mm. I don't know what happens. Has anybody played it? No. 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 Okay. Anyone's, <laughs> anyone planning to play it? Yeah. The thing I've noticed at the moment is that um, uh, every uh, story about the charts comes with a caveat. So it's, oh, Halo 5's number one. Halo 5's number one didn't sell as many as Halo 4. <laughs> Assassin's Creed is doing really well. It's not doing as well as the last one did. Uh, and obviously there's some disparity because no one's counting the digital downloads and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I guess we should be happy it's number one, shouldn't we? Well, I mean... That was a big London launch event, wasn't there, last week? Did you get invited, Steve? No, did you? No, did anyone no, else? No, no. no. Yeah. So that means I'm not going to feel guilty about what I'm about to say, which okay. is, it looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously I get it. it has an audience, and that audience isn't me, but when Halo came out 15 years ago, it was super, super fresh, and it was very, very pure. Like, it was a 
beautifully balanced um impressively produced game and when i saw that halo 5 has a ground pound i was yeah (laughs) i was out no i just saw that i saw the trailer as well which has got music on the soundtrack and you know but even that didn't sell it (laughs) (laughs) like uh, like it just showed you know stupid special moves and nonsense ground pound and mario it was described as a mario-esque ground pound and i thought i don't want that i want what halo offered me which was combat evolved it was like a kind of sophisticated smart always fresh first person shooter and uh everything since then has been a disappointment to me um and this won't be a disappointment because I won't be burnt again <laughs> because did the, uh, I didn't get invited to the party. Did the original get 10 out of 10 in Edge? Was it a 10, was it a 10 out of 10 game? It did get a 10 did out of 10. I, uh, I awarded that 10 did out you? of 10. We're allowed to talk about that now, are we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been quite open and honest about that for a very long time. Yeah, it was. What else did you write that you've not told anybody about them? Uh, okay, because Edge has got bylines well, now, hasn't so it? That, yeah, so we can go. <laughs> we can't we should go back. Stand back. <laughs> if anyone wants to send in their copies of Edge to what I've got, we'll go through, circle the bits I, I wrote. And then blame the bit. Sure, it's any nice. score, any review that got a seven out of ten. Yeah, it was all yeah, <laughs> those were all ours, <laughs> uh, apart from GTA Three. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, it's been revealed that Hideo Kojima is so nice that he transcends copyright law. The Hollywood Reporter dis- discovered that Canal Plu, who owned the rights to the 1981 Kurt Russell classic Escape from New York, New York, were dissuaded from suing Kojima for stealing their eyepatch-wearing character Snake Plissken because John Carpenter said he's quote a nice guy. When asked to comment by One Life Left, Kojima said wait for it stopped you hating her <laughs> stopped, stopped you, you hating her is that a thing that people s- that's the thing you. that Snake says in, in Metal Gear Solid <clears throat> does he? So kept you waiting her St- uh, I mean it's a big thing if, if you've played the game they say it like four times in the game but is this the Phantom Pain? yeah but uh, I think he says it I in can't, the other one as well I've, uh, I've, I've, ne- I've never heard it before I've finished one two three and started four uh, and I've started five but I'm too paralysed by choice uh, so I can't I can't play it <laughs> there's not a lot of choice in the game but there you, is because you, like you, yeah you, you, what, what building to go in and then get shot at by men and have to run away and then it starts again and then he goes yeah no I, I don't know what to do I, I, I am going to when I've got some time to sort of devote to it I think but I'm a bit worried I mean ultimately the only, you, you, know, you have no choice because you just end up staring at a man's bottom whatever whatever happens again you know it's horses That's the game horses. so Kojima Presumably nice on uh, gardening leave right now. Yep. Mm. Scanters. Oh, yeah. In Japan. Pre- on holiday, time to kill. <laughs> Not doing much else. It, it would be kind of her. It would reflect well on her at her yearly appraisal if she returned with... Uh, with Hideo Kojima. <laughs> or at least... <laughs> With someone else doing an impression of him, speaking <laughs> Japanese, which we wouldn't understand. No. She, she'd get away with it, wouldn't she? Saying, well, stop, you, stop you hating her. Stop you, ha- stop you yeah, hating her. Good, Can I just say game. that I pioneered the uh, going into a game studio and pretending to be someone uh, strategy <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Thanks, Game Under. One life left of video game news with
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we were just discussing TFI Friday. It's back, apparently. TFI Friday is a British TV chat show hosted by Chris Evans. But not that Chris Evans. No. <laughs> but that or, Chris or Evans. The other one. You didn't have to say that in the 90s, did you? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. I was out last Friday. Was I out the Friday before? Um, I don't know. I wasn't... You didn't add it to the One Life Left calendar, okay. if you were. Why I'd not, not noticed it was on. Hmm? Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, there we go. Um, what else is on telly at the moment? Uh, Gogglebox. It's Games Master back. The Apprentice. Okay. Um, oh, uh, The Returned. Oh, yeah. No, I've not started but watching I've, that. Yeah. I've not started no, watching it. No spoilers, or we'll unfollow you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're One Life Left. We're a radio show about video games. This is a piece of music that we've taken from chipmusic.org. Called 99 Lives Left. Is it? It is. It's by Motion Ride, who we've played on the show before. He's brilliant. Uh, well, she's brilliant, actually. That was a bit sexist. Careful. But can, can we really be sexist today? No, no exactly. Such thing. There's not no when, such not, thing. Not when we're as diverse as we this, are. Not in this safe zone. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we're a video game radio show. Talk about video games. We have features, one of which will be coming up later in the show. We have special guests, two of which we have in the studio right now, and one of which, one of whom, we're going to talk to. Is it? I was just, I was just thinking, is, are we doing, like, we're trying to beat IGN at their own game? What is their game? No Tall Men. Remember, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's really good. That's right, not my joke, though, is it? it well, it, no, but you you almost made it. Almost made it, made it accidentally. Yeah, uh, yeah. Henry, welcome. Thanks very much. Welcome. You're having a nice time. I'm having a lovely time. Good. Uh, tell us about the game you're working on. So, which one in particular? Well, let's start with Hugh. Okay, cool. Um, so, Hugh is a colourful puzzle platformer um, where you can change the background colour of the world. And by altering perceptual contrast, you can make things appear and sort of disappear. And it's all about this little boy called Hugh, and his mother is a researcher. She studies the theory of colours. But all the characters in this game can only see in black and white. Um, So to her, it's more of a philosophical concept in this game world. It's like the idea of colour rather than colour itself. Um, And the idea is that she becomes so immersed in her research... Um, she becomes convinced that she can create a device that allows her to perceive and alter colour in the real world. Um, and she succeeds and then disappears mysteriously. And it's all about you going off on this adventure, finding sort of fragments of her research throughout this game world, uh, perceiving and alter- altering colour for the first time, and how that enables you to see and sort of unsee objects in the game world. You've answered that question before, haven't you? It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> um, it's very clever, isn't it? It's, yeah, I just—I mean, I've—I've seen—I've seen a a lot of it. But even uh, you were in the office today, working on some bits and bobs of it. And uh, there was a new puzzle type mechanic I'd not seen before. And uh, yeah, uh, watching people play at Game City—it's—it's uh, it's incredibly smart, isn't it? Well, thanks very much. I mean, it's based around sort of a core mechanic, and I think what's really nice is how that sort of uh, applies across all the sort of typical puzzle platforming mechanics that you're used to, but then you've got this way where like, things appear and disappear when they sort of melt away onto the different background colours, and I, th- I think it works quite nicely. Um, you, I've, you're all over the place with it as well. You were at Indicate Game City. You've been, uh, you were at, you were at EGX. Were you? Was, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's the reaction been? So the reaction's been uh, uh, super positive. Generally, I mean, it depends where we go. When we went to somewhere like Gamescom, for example, um, we had guys come around, and I was like, "Hey, do you guys like puzzle platformers?" And they just like stared at me and gave me the evilest <laughs> no, eyes. We hate, we hate <laughs> colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't think they like colour or puzzle platformers. Right. Okay, um, so they're not really definitely our, our target audience. But um, generally, people that are interested in sort of uh, sort of narrative-driven puzzle platformers, they seem to really respond to it. So that's yeah, it's been great. And you're you're making this in. Quite an old-fashioned way, aren't you? Like, there aren't many of you involved, and sure, it's very small. Yeah, it's a small t- team. What are the benefits of such a sort of close collaboration? Because how many of you are working on it? Uh, so there's two sort of core members of the team: uh, me and a guy called Dan DeRosha. He heads up kind of the business side of things. So. He'll kind of get us these gigs at these conferences and things like that. Um, and really, I'm sort of building the game myself. Even writing it on the tube. 
yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the central line, uh, you see you tapping away. Yeah, yeah. No, Piccadilly line particularly. Is, is it? The blue yeah. one? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. exactly. <laughs> You've got to maximise that sort of time right. to and from. That, yeah, That's quite intense then, isn't it? The sort of core team of two. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been, it's been really intense. Um, I, I think when you start out, uh, it's fairly easy to get sort of really enthused by the project and that sort of momentum carries itself. Um, but as maybe you're looking into a, a year or uh, even half a year, that sort of momentum soon peters out and you need re- you really need that decent project management and personal motivation to carry that through. Um, and that's it's tough, but it's working. Is that why you... Um you 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 sort of break it up a little because you're also working on other bits and bobs, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think uh, the, what's re- I always recommend other independent game developers to work on side projects and stuff. Um, right at the beginning, after about three months into Hue, um, we started to stagnate a little bit, and I kind of took some time on the side to just work on some game jam stuff, and that kind of rekindled the motivation to carry on working on the game. I think because you. Um you annoyed me at uh, at uh, GDC Europe. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because like you know, you're a stylish, good-looking young man, and then you stood up at the um, the final session on the Thursday. Was it uh, Wednesday or Thursday? And um, I just thought, uh, in fact, there was you and. Um, uh, the friend shapes guys uh, who just were, were just doing brilliant, brilliant things. So t- tell us a bit about the game that you showed off there. Well, thanks very much. So this kind of super experimental, weird uh, side project that I did is a game called Aboard the Looking Glass, um, which is a virtual reality game uh, where uh, it also uses hand tracking in an interesting way. So if you raise your left hand, um, you'll be able to see your hand in the virtual space. But that hand is actually a portal, uh, and that hand's a portal to the past, and your right hand is a portal to the future. Uh, so the idea is that you kind of interact with the spacecraft. You're trying to work out what's happened to the spacecraft. Um, and the idea is that you look into the past and into the future simultaneously to try and piece together a narrative. Um, but what's kind of interesting mechanically is that you can interact with these different times simultaneously. So you can pull stuff out of the future into the present. Or say there's like a switch in the present that's destroyed, you can look into the past and press it, and it'll open a door in the present. And it's not just using VR, is it? You're, you're combining it with some other tech. Yeah, so it's a device called the Leap Motion device, uh, which is a fairly uh, sophisticated hand tracking uh, device. Generally, it's meant for sort of tabletop use, so you'll put it on your table and wave your hands around to control applications. Um, but for this, I strapped it onto the front of the Oculus Rift and then used it in virtual space. And is, it, is this just a creative outlet for you? Are like, you going to release it or...? So I'm kind of, it's difficult because the technology is fairly niche. So not many people really have an Oculus Rift as it is. And then not many people have a Leap Motion device. Like combining those two niches into one makes it super niche. Um, So I'm kind of looking whether the mechanic can translate to other virtual reality sort of technologies. Maybe the Vive or uh, the Oculus Touch. We're quite excited about the vibe, aren't we? We are. We're going to live in it. <laughs> <laughs> one hand in the past, one hand in the future. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, where can where do you show that off then? Is it uh, just various indie festivals? And yeah. Like so I mean, any uh, experimental sort of gameplay festival, I'll take it to if they'll let me if they'll let me showcase it. Um, but it's been around and about. Uh, hopefully, I'll be showcasing in London uh, in January. Uh, there's an event in Shoreditch uh, called Zealous. Um, which hasn't been announced, so I probably shouldn't have said that. Excellent. Um, Exclusive. <laughs> write, write that down, so I will write that down. It's good to have information. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll be showcasing it there. Um, but I think after Hugh's been released, then I'll sort of revisit it, and then maybe I'll see if there's sort of commercial potential there. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that you think side projects are a useful way for uh, indies to work. What other advice would you give people that are making games at the moment? Uh, so other advice... Uh, uh, so when I go into I, I do some talks and stuff at universities and a lot of the common problems I see are people not treating game mechanic as the number one uh, sort of focus point like you can build narrative you can build uh, uh, all, all sorts of things character designs artwork everything can be built secondary to having a really good core mechanic and I think the, one of the most exciting parts of game development for me is devising new gameplay mechanics because it feels like you're mapping this sort of uncharted territory and I would just encourage more gameplay developers to uh, experiment with experimental gameplay really Good looking forward to Hugh, I mean it's been winning awards already uh, it was the first game to win both 
the critics and the public award at the Develop Conference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a success. I hope Hugh is a huge success because... I hope Hugh is a huge success because uh, if it is and people end up hearing of you, it makes Marioki writing, like, simple. It's just straight substitution for you. Only Hugh? Ah. By the uh, fine pickets? You just did that one off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, ask me another. Loads more. (laughs) Go on, do another. Hugh make me feel like a natural (laughs) (laughs) woman. I only want to be with Hugh. It's easy, isn't it? <laughs> it's easy. Right yeah. We could do a special. But <laughs> how you launch it? Let's have a launch party, launch party with just exclusively Hugh songs. Yeah, very reasonable rates for that. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you um, yeah, um, so really, the success of Marioki rests on you. Okay. <laughs> on Hugh. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> uh, time for local news. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi. And welcome to One Life Left Local News. There has been dissension in the local government as the famous musical mogul Andrew Lloyd Worldwide Webber came by private jet in order to vote on the tax credit bill. The Lords were voting on the bill which would require all the animals in Animal Crossing to pay even more bells to the capitalist Thomas J. Nook. Lloyd Worldwide Webber is the famous creator of musicals such as Starlight Gun Express, The Phantom of the Opera, which was subsequently renamed as The Phantom of the Firefox, and then as The Phantom of the Chrome, Nintendcats, PSP Evita, and Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcast. Unfortunately, it seems that his trip was in vain as the bill was rejected. However, he has told us all not to cry for him, including Arge and Tina, from Towie. Thanks and back to your usual programming. Email, messages and forward BCC. One life letters. Uh, do you know what to say when I pause? No. Doing Andrew's job particularly well, are you? So when I say like, uh, thank you for your letters, you can always send us them. Oh right, yeah, I do know. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. Go, okay. go, go. Well, no, well, 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 well. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't go a pause, can I? I can't. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, I've been uh, this week was I found very heartening, Steve. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the thing, one of the things that pleases me the most is receiving letters on days when we're not begging for them. Isn't that nice? Yeah, they just sort of roll through. Just, Did you notice? That? Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was a kind of. It was like people were listening. Exactly. So, <laughs> if you want to uh, make our weeks, email us. Team at onelifeleft.com. That sounds good. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, so, uh, Alex Dallard uh, wrote, Hi, OLLers and super special guest. I've just been to PAX in Australia, and I wanted to write to you to ask if you could tell all your listeners about a great game I've played there. Full disclosure, before today, I'd never heard of this game or its 14-year-old creator, Q McParlan. It's called Rivalry, and it's a turn-based, ragdoll, hilarity-inducing sword-fighting game. Q, again he's 14, and taught himself unity to make this game, kick-started his way to having a booth at PAX so he could show it to people to try and get it through the Greenlight process on Steam. Please tell your listeners to check it out on Steam Greenlight. He wants to get it into early access to raise funds, to add proper art, and tournament modes. He's 14. Cheers, Alex. There you go. Check it out. It's called Rivalry. It's on Steam Greenlight now. Good plan. Thanks for the heads up. It's good to have uh, eyes in Australia, isn't it? It is. Get, they're literally in the future. Mm, true. And this this was sent on Halloween. It was over the weekend he was listening. Just, that's so nice. I'll just get in touch with the, with the OLL yeah, team at... See what they're doing. Team at onelifeleft.com. Dear team and SSG, I need you to referee a slight disagreement I've had with my brother, writes Stephen Christie. We've always competed in video games, and since we live in different cities now, it means sharing high scores and trying to one-up the other. We're both playing a lot of a game called Downwell. I knew my brother would have set a fairly high record to beat, but it was shocked to see it was some 2,000 points further than my record. It seemed impossible. It was like he'd turned into some kind of gaming wizard. That was until I realised that after a certain point, you unlock a thing called Lofty Mode, which slows your movement, making the game far, far easier. As far as I'm concerned, lofty mode is baby mode. 
but there's no way to see how, which mode a high school was completed in. Which mode is the true mode for Downwell? Thanks, Stephen. Oh, that's a tricky one, because he's earned it, hasn't he? He's earned mm. the right to play in lofty mode. Mm. Baby mode. He's earned that through his own skill. And now yeah. he's enjoying the benefits of his achievements, his Chivos. So, I mean, if we are to say that the true mode is the mode that the designer intends you to play in, and the designer has let you play in either of these modes to set the score, then it has to be... I'm really sorry. It feels wrong to say that, doesn't it? it but does see, maybe does they should come to their own private arrangement and they mm. have to wear a stupid hat while they're playing lofty mode or something does, like that. Stephen, does your brother listen to the show? Because here's the thing: yeah. if the brother, if your brother doesn't listen to the show, then we give you permission to Don't say that we said, you know, it's definitely not lofty mode. Yeah. In fact, you can clip that bit out there. <laughs> me saying that, you know, lofty mode is for babies, and you can use that. But if he doesn't listen to the show, then we should be on your side anyway, which mm. we which we are. If he does listen to the show, then we have to be on his side too. Mm. In which case, we can't have we can't play favourites. Who's the bigger brother? <laughs> Could you send pictures of yourselves in, and then we'll work out who to side with? Who played Lofty in EastEnders? Oh, ah, oh, Tom, Tom Lofty, <laughs> Tom Lofty. Ask Tom Lofty, <laughs> Henry. Yes. Uh, so, dear team. Uh, was someone asking about games for children? My four-year-old has been playing Journey and really enjoying it. It was his first game with a joypad. Simon should revisit this game. Also, what about the use of Knights of Sidonia on the Halo 5 ad? <laughs> Every game looks good with a Knights of Sidonia soundtrack. Pop, pop, Alex. Baby game. There you go. Journeys <laughs> for babies. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Put that on the back exactly. of the box. Yeah. Unless you listen, uh, creators of Journey, in which case uh, <laughs> in which case yours is the true mode. <laughs> Lofty mode. Exactly. Uh, game under. Hi, Steve, Sai, not Anne in Japan and super special guest. I am still not entirely convinced of how much I want to play VR games and wear headsets as such. This is partly because most of them don't seem that interesting beyond a basic gimmick and partly because I remember spending a fiver on nauseating VR experiences at Snipstone Discovery Park that always left me wondering why it seemed like a good idea. That said, I checked out this Henry Hoffman fellows aboard the Looking Glass and it seems like he might have a concept that much captures my attention. Nice one. Will I ever come into contact with the game so I can play it in a proper rig? I'm assuming that's the current parlance. Please correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. I have my doubts, sadly, as it all seems rather out of my league at the moment, price-wise. Bearing that in mind, it's my birthday on Wednesday, so can I have a present? And if I can't have a present, could Henry look through his hands and tell me what's inside my presents? <laughs> Thanks, and as always, keep up the lovely work. Chris Stewart, three kisses. That's a good... Uh, yeah, Chris, uh, let us know what format you want your present on and we will send it to you. Uh, if you email... Team at onelivelift.com Nasty Nick mode. <coughs> Could do. Dots. Dots. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, Robert Wells writes, Hello team, hello super special guest. Well, I'm addicted to Twitch's latest long rambling marathon. That's right, I've been watching Bob Ross plays The Joy of Painting. As I write this, he's just painted a happy little tree. He needs a friend or he'll be lonely. And it makes me wonder why I don't keep an easel and paint at my desk at work. What makes you want to go out and create something? What inspires you to start working on a game? Pip-Pip Roberts. Mm. Henry, tips for inspiration? Inspiration. Uh, running out of money, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, then we have. We, we shall all feel very inspired. Uh, any more tips for inspiration, Game Under? Uh, well, I, I'm mainly driven by kind of anger and disappointment in okay. the world and, and not getting my way, so... Just you know, as long as someone's disappointed me, I'm I'm getting creative with my revenge. Good news. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful bunch of letters. Well, they're great, yeah. and they, they sort of rolled in over the week, and you've got two weeks to do that now. So you know, as, as you as you potter about over the next fortnight, do uh, find the odd moment to email us. Team at one I felt like you were trying to.
This is Lamer Pinky and Way to Unity. Hey, Simon. Hi. You're on your way to Unity, aren't you? Via Game Maker. Game Maker. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever, <laughs> I'll ever, I'll ever reach there. Doesn't matter. It was still a good segue. It was a good segue. Didn't you make a joke about me, by the way, over the weekend? Did I? You were rude about me. I, I heard. My spies told me. Was I? Come so naturally. I mean, it's exactly. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Uh, Didn't you say that anybody can make games these days? Oh, I did on stage. Yes. I said that on stage. <laughs> yeah, Simon yeah. Byron's made three. Yeah, I thought it was inspirational. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Uh, had, yeah. Opened with a good gag about Biffle and squares as well. And, oh, we uh, love Biffle. Emotions and squares. Oh, yeah. Biffle's our favourite. He's our favourite. Uh, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a really enjoyed Game City. I enjoy it every year. Uh, this year was no exception. Thank you so much, all of you, if you came to our uh, uh, Marioku. We had a brilliant time, didn't really, we? Really, really, really good night. Fantastic. Flew night. by, didn't it? Yeah, we were doing, doing uh, Marioku for, must have been like four hours or yeah. something like that. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say could have done it for longer, but clearly from the way I'm speaking, <laughs> I actually couldn't have done it. But yeah, it was a fantastic night. When's the next one in London? 20th of November. I'm going to set up the Facebook page when I go back tonight. Uh, and by the time I come back from India, I expect it to be full, full up of humans going to come and sing with us. We've got some brilliant new songs as well. So see you there. Game under. Hi. You've had quite a few weeks, haven't you? Yeah, it's been, it's, been a, it's been difficult. I've been on on the run, obviously. You know. <laughs> so, uh, so catch our uh, listeners up. Those those listeners who who aren't every week listeners. So, so I went over to LA to try and try and kind of undercover, undercover, uncover something. You mm-hmm. know, just have a mooch around. And I was trying to prove how difficult it was for a straight white male to get ahead in the games industry. Mm-hmm. And within about three weeks, I was chief executive of EA. Um. Which I found really challenging because obviously I've got no skills or experience whatsoever. I've never worked in the games industry. But they just threw this job at me, and it was it was good. You know, came up with some ideas. I hid in the cupboard quite a bit, just so that people could get you know people wouldn't bother me. Switch my emails off. Anyway, eventually I did find out there was a there was a secret conspiracy at the heart of the games industry. Really? Yeah, and then I lost the tape that I recorded it on and I, I've been trying really hard to remember what the conspiracy is it's something to do with ethics <laughs> something to do with girls but it, that's I've, probably enough isn't yeah, it yeah I, I was so happy when I did it that I went out and got a, you know had a bit of a celebrate and, mm-hmm. well as they say the rest is history so do you think your rapid rise through the video game industry has anything to do with uh, the fact that you are um you know, you are a, a white male in the games industry. I don't... It was incredibly difficult. <laughs> it only took three weeks, but it was incredibly difficult. It does sound it. If it wasn't, you wouldn't exactly. have spent so long in the cupboard. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, they, no, at no point did they ask for, like, any identification or right. anything like that. So maybe they'd made some assumptions about me. Did you, you know. see, during your time at EA, did you see any other white males? I mean, like I said, I was in the cupboard a lot. <laughs> But the voices sounded pretty diverse, <laughs> you know. And the, the people on the ends of emails all had weird, like, American-sounding names, <laughs> right. so it's very difficult to tell. But I think I might have been the only one there. <laughs> Interesting. Did you see any... Uh, were EA working on anything? Uh, well, I came up with the idea for Modern Warfare 6. OK. okay. That Good. wouldn't have happened Strong. if I, no, hadn't, if no, I hadn't suggested it in a meeting. Good. Did, so. you, um, did you walk past that... Uh, there's a room I understand there's a room at EA uh, where uh, a diverse range of people sit in it um, and they have to come up with new ideas for football Mm. every year so it's like oh we'll we'll put some commentary and then like they for a joke one of them said well let's put women in it (laughs) did you it was a joke I I remember yeah I remember the laughter in the room (laughs) but I think it got taken down wrong in the minutes or something like that (laughs) they didn't take down the laughter I mean everyone was just suggesting let's make it slightly worse and last year's one and then we'll do it better next year which is the same and then you know but clearly people didn't write down laughter in square brackets (laughs) after women was suggested so yeah that's a problem really lesson uh, lesson there uh, do you feel like you learn anything about the games industry apart from the conspiracy it's a hostile style place I, i'm not I'm, I've, i i feel a little bit disillusioned about the whole thing really especially now i've come back to britain and it's rainy and foggy and you know i don't have a penthouse flat in la and mm. i'm not earning hundreds of millions of dollars for no reason i do find the whole thing a bit dispirited i'm back in my bedroom at my mum's and it's just 
games aren't really doing now i've seen how the sausage is made you yeah. know i don't i'm not enjoying it so so, so it's changed how you view games oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean i don't view the world any differently but i think i i'm even more discerning about games now even the games i want to enjoy uh, sausages give you cancer these days yeah, exactly. so yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's another conspiracy that, that's what for the games industry yeah it's i guess right wow so yeah. what's 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 next I th- well you know i've been i've been doing some soul searching and I am thinking it might be a, it might be time to call it a day. I mean, f- first things first. Objectively, by any measure, there is now more ethics in the games industry. I think I have increased job done. Pretty yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm done. You know. Yeah. Secondly, I'm I'm kind of running out of money. There's no <laughs> money unless you're pretending to be the president of EA. There's no money of in in this. And sort of thirdly, I'm not saying I'm a fictional character. But if I was a fictional character. I imagine my creator might be a bit fed up of all the stupid things that I say um, and might want to just not do that anymore. So, so yeah. um, maybe you need to go and, you know, take down another industry that women are trying to ruin. Yeah, well, I was thinking nursing or teaching right. or something like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's de- demonstrably primary school teaching. Where are all the men there? There's got to be something going on there. So maybe I'm just going to go undercover as like a 10-year-old boy somewhere um, and try and, you know smash things up a bit i'm sure that will end well well thank you so yes, much thank for the you future. it's been it's, it's been really brilliant it's certainly given simon and i a glimpse uh you know it's absolutely fascinating and we're going to do something about it yeah, well it's good to know that i'll have a legacy at least Left Resonance 104.4 FM, the best radio station in the world. Best. Resonance has got a new website. It does. Yeah. Go um, there now. Resonance. Go to www.resonancefm.com. If you're not there already listening to us on the internet, you should go there now. Have a look, sign up for their mailing list. Have a look at some of the other shows as well. They're excellent. Um, Particularly Louis Schaefer, who's Louis on before Schaefer. us. Every week he does, he does the be- his best show ever. I know. Whereas we're just steadily <laughs> steadily <declining>. Exactly. <laughs> ten years. <laughs> it is ten years. We, we really need to plan we before do. we're doing next year. We've got some ideas, don't we? We do. I, yeah, we need to go on a tour. We need That's to go on a tour. That's what we're thinking yeah. of doing, is doing a tour. If you would like One Life Left to come to your borough, your borough, or your village, your um, locale, then we'll be there. I think this song, I can't tell if this song is just glitchy. No, it's definitely breaking. Uh, this song... Uh, music. This remix. <laughs> Is uh, it's of our our friend uh, Clam and Icebreaker. It's time for reviews. Simon, what have you been playing this week? I have been playing Trick Shot. Ooh, yeah. What's Trick Shot? Yeah. Well, I'm about to tell you. And I think it might be from a Monument Valley person. Um, it's a it's a mobile uh, game. Um, it's a paid for mobile game. I think what? it was like two pounds. I know I was furious, but I've got um, I've got some credit left over from lying to Google about how frequently I go to Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> how did you rate experience? I gave you a four out of five. Um, Have you ever had one of those questions they ask you to catch you out? Ah, oh, what's that? So on those yes on those questionnaires what? that they that you can make yep. money for the app store sometimes they send you questions to catch you Do out. They have not so caught they say, me out. Oh, well, <laughs> I've never been to a Tesco, so the jokes on them. <laughs> Apparently, they ask you trick questions like, "What's it like being a lady?" Oh right. no, yeah, right. I have yes, yeah, you yeah, have had yeah, those. Yeah. And, and but, well, go, no, I just thought they. I thought this was an experiment in, <laughs> in uh, you know empathy. Um, 
yeah, uh, and uh, it's a very simple game. Um, single screen puzzles where you have to flick a ball into a bucket. That's okay. it. You, nice. pull, you pull it back, you throw it up, and it goes in. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty good. I prefer it to Monument Valley if it's made by the same person. If it's not, then I still do. Um, <laughs> yeah, very simple, very relaxing. Uh, can't, yeah, like I say, it's about two pounds. I'd give it. Uh, I'd give it seven out of ten. I'm playing it on Android, but I believe it's also available on your iOSs, which means you can probably play it on your TV. Sorry, I was distracted. <laughs> just distracted by a piece of spam I'd got from the Commonwealth Games Federation. Ooh. Oh yeah, what are they after? Oh, well, I, they're at, well, initially I thought it was an accidentally sent email, but it turns out it's offering me. Well, it says I've won seven hundred fifty thousand oh, pounds. The Commonwealth Have you? Yeah, so that's what the Commonwealth Games <laughs> does now. People taking it less seriously, so they're just handing out, <laughs> handing out all of the money. Uh, good. So. Yeah, um, seven out of ten. Here, seven out of ten. Game under. Um, I, I, it's quite out of character for me, but I finished off Life is Strange this week. Oh, you be careful. Oh, I don't know why I played. About, yeah, so I don't want you to spoil it. Well, I'm not going to follow I'm not, you. I, you know, in in summation, um, I don't know why I played it because it, it's it's about girls for a start, and they just make me angry. But, uh, but. I'm enjoying all the point-and-clickness and the, the gameplay and all that kind of thing, but ultimately the lesson I'm taking away is that teenagers are just dreadful, aren't they? You know, I'm, just... up, I'm up to the end of episode two, yeah. so I'm a, a way behind you. It's got five episodes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, five, yeah. But I've, had, like I've had a lot of conversations on Twitter about the word hella and, and how it's just you know I mean, i'm sure when i was a teenager i used words like that but i don't want to be reminded of how awful i was as a teenager frankly so that's why i don't like it but it's all right seven out of ten henry so i have been lucky enough i've been lucky enough to uh, go to indiecade uh, last week so i'm gonna review an unreleased game what way exclusive are you breaking any embargoes uh, well i think the embargoes haven't even gone up because it's so exclusive <laughs> embargo buster <laughs> excellent <laughs> Um, so there was a number of games I really enjoyed, um, but this one in particular uh, uh, I particularly enjoy because they ruined a prototype that I was building um, because they did the same mechanic but much better. Okay, so um, you invented this game? Uh, yes, basically. <laughs> Good work. And they can credit me um, for for any success that they Special had. Special thanks, at least. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the game's called Museum of Simulated Technology. Uh, they did. They got a lot of press uh, from the IGF circuit before. I think they were nominated for student, um, uh, and they got they got uh, some accolades for some other bits and bobs as well. Um, but it's really interesting. It uses it's a first person game, and it uses forced perspective. Uh, so you can pick up an object that is like sort of near you, uh, and then you can drop it uh, when it's sort of far away from you. And it's, the scale say stays the same no matter whether it's near or far away. Um, and they use that in a really interesting way uh, to sort of traverse these first person puzzles. It's got a real sort of portal vibe to it um, but I would argue that the mechanic is actually even more interesting than Portal uh, so I think I think that's cool um, but the mechanic that I, I I devised myself which was similar to their one is the idea that you've got an object projected on, onto a wall in two dimensions and then if you get into the right position it becomes a three dimensional object and they totally did that loads better than what I can do you'd have given it a, a top score for if they hadn't ripped yeah, you off yeah because they ripped me off I'm going to have to give it a 7 out of 10 I, I didn't realise it was called that was it called the, mu- the Museum of simulated technology I've seen the screenshot it does look good very cool great when's it coming out Uh, so I don't think they've got a release date yet that's how early this review is excellent Steve Assassin's Creed oh yeah Mm. it's a core core blimey governor one isn't it Assassin's Creed syndicate because the last one was the the which I played for a while it's alright wasn't it yeah it was alright quite enjoyed being a pirate alright so I was quite excited about this because I live in London. Oh, yeah. This game is set in London. Like the getaway. Mm. Well, <laughs> famous. I'm sure we talked about this given One Life Less has been going on forever. <laughs> but when we when the getaway came out, the first thing I did was drive try, and, try and drive to my house, but it didn't go that far enough west at right, the time. Okay. So you moved. That's what, So I've <laughs> moved now south. <laughs> so I won't be burnt again. Right? <laughs> um and and then when I found out you couldn't get to my house, the second thing I did was um, try and go on the on the London Eye. Okay, that was closed. So instead, I held held an anti-capitalist protest outside Starbucks. Right. But all you can do in the getaway is, if you remember, you could grab people around the neck and drag them around. So that's what I did. Right. Outside Starbucks. Okay. Nice. Didn't really affect anything. Uh, still had quite a nice time in the getaway. Seven out of ten. But that's not what I'm reviewing today. Okay. I'm reviewing Assassin's Creed. 
Um, and obviously, the game is set in the Victorian era, and my uh, my flat was also built during the Victorian era. Yeah. So, was quite excited. Moved more centrally <laughs> this time. Um, anyway, to cut a long story short, I had to complete a very lengthy tutorial until it got uh, until it gave me the freedom. First mission allowed me to take my horse and cart around London and it said quick go over to this man he's going to give you some instructions I was like not likely I'm going to my house <laughs> so I rode around for a while and my house isn't in the game this is like that time you bought a boat last year wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> and sailed around the Caribbean sailed wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened nothing no, happened. you're not there no, no. wow so that was a disappointment um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate is a game where you stealth your way around and murder people in third person. It, like all Assassin's Creed games, involves looking at a mini-map and going to find a green dot and getting there and then going to find another green dot and getting there and then going to find another green dot, at least as I understand it, because I only did get past the tutorial uh, and then didn't find my house and then turned the game off and watched Gogglebox. <laughs> Which was all right. Right. So, um, I'm not sure whether this qualifies as a review in that sense. However, I believe an hour and a half or so is long enough to judge a game. And in that, in, in that sense, I can tell you that it's exactly the same as all of the other Assassin's Creed uh, games. In that you're chasing down green dots and it's got a nonsense plot. Okay. Absolutely incomprehensible uh, modern day garbage. So poorly scripted. You can feel the tension in the actors' voices <laughs> as they deliver this garbage. And it's so expensive and well-implemented, like, and beautifully implemented, all on this baseline of a plot, which I can't believe anyone understands or, if they do understand it, cares about it. Um, I think I may have just been guilty of dismissing an Assassin's Creed game, because there was, there was a, a France one between the, the pirate one, wasn't there? What's that? I don't know. Um, yeah, that was the most boring one yet. Do, but do, do you still have it where you're running around and if you're you're holding down R, but you what you run close to a, fe- a, a, a like a um, a pillar, he'll stand on it. Yeah, I, and I, I there was a bit in the tutorial spoilers where like some sort of it's all very post Uncharted, you know. Oh, set piece of trains collapsing, falling off it, climb down, do this, blah blah blah. Basically, you just hold forward and hold down R2 and everything completes itself. And there was a bit where I was having to run away from debris and squeeze through things and it was all the same interaction. Push forward, press R2. Oh, oh, can I squeeze through this thing? Yes, oh, goodness me, it turns out I can. Uh, I found the central character super, super annoying, but I I don't think that's... That is... Yeah, it's by the by, really. I I don't understand how these things get made. By committee. Hmm. Quite possibly, which I guess is the only way they can be when that amount of money is involved in in the process. I am sure if you love Assassin's Creed games, you will love this because it's exactly like an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, For me, it it just made me want to turn it off and watch Gogglebox. Right, which you did. So I did, so everyone's happy. (laughs) Seven out of ten. This isn't the uh, the holiday blockbuster for you then? (laughs) It It isn't, so I I, I guess I will... Does the quest continue? I guess I will uh, play Fallout. There there was something else. Oh, there's Halo 5, which we've dismissed already. Uh, Fallout 4. Call of Duty, of course. Call of Duty, no thanks. (laughs) Uh, So is there anything else I can dismiss in in a heartbeat now? Any other significant chunk of someone else's life I can can throw (laughs) away as if I know what I'm talking about. No, we're at the end of the show as well. Uh, You're going to India tomorrow. I am going to India How long are you going to be away for? I'm going away for a week, so there's no show next week. Um, I'm going to talk at NASCOM conference, and I'm also going to hang around in Mumbai for a weekend and see what happens. Have a great time. I'm really excited. Henry, how can we keep track of what you're up to? So you can follow me on Twitter, at Henry Hoffman, and I'll post any updates on there. Good stuff, Game Under. Uh, I'm at Mr. JJ Lean on Twitter. Or you just be around your mums. Yeah, I'll just be around mums. <laughs> it's, it's her birthday tomorrow, by the way. Oh, is it? Birthday, mum. Ask yeah. her what format she wants a present on and we'll send her. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Be serious. That's all you have to do. Exactly. You just have to ask. Just, just, just turns out none of you had asked before. <laughs> and maybe that's a lesson to you on communicating with us. Just chill, talk to us. We're not needy. <laughs> Good. Thank you both for coming in. Uh, you've, there's been no doubt you've, you've enhanced the show. Otherwise, it'd just be, it means well, we'd be steez slagging off. It's like a triple, vi- of, exactly. <laughs> triple A video games. Um, and, uh, and hoping none of them slag off Chime Sharp when it's released in 
I think, a week or so. Wow! I know. I was playing upstairs. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. See, I, I would say, if I had to score it now, and I'm not going to do that because, you know, ethics and everything else, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. Solid 7 Good out stuff. Of 10. I look forward to playing it. Because I'm a backer. Course, which, of course, I did for the last one. <laughs> and then Eurogamer copied that and took down our Metacritic by 15%. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Happy Christmas everybody <laughs> Christmas. See you later See you later Bye, Bye. Bye.